If you like to gamble, I tell you I'm your man. You win some, lose some, it's all the same to me. Hello and welcome to another episode of the official Motorhead podcast, The Motorcast. I am your host, Howard H. Smith. You may know me as lead singer of UK thrash band Acid Rain or by my podcast, Talking Bollocks. You will see my name mentioned in the description of this podcast. You can click that. It's a live link and it'll take you to all my podcasts where I chat to the great and the good of heavy metal. But here I am your guide through the world of Motorhead. That's right, I take you through this kind of museum of interviews that we've been building here, this virtual museum that you are welcome to wander around, that I help curate, and this is where you get to hear all of the stories that you may not heard before from people you've never heard from before. This is the Motorcast, and what you can do to support us is please tell everyone you know about it that's all that really is it that and if you could subscribe by pressing the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this there will be that button if you subscribe it'll put a new episode into your device every two weeks so what have we got today well more interviews as always and of course if you haven't already got it you need to keep an eye out for Everything Louder Forever. It's the first career-spanning very best of Motorhead. It's a definitive collection of their loudest anthems. It's out now on Deluxe Gatefold Quadruple LP. It's on a Gatefold Double LP. It's on a double CD as well as streaming and Sony 3D Spatial Audio, which I still haven't figured out what that is. Maybe I should, because I keep mentioning it in the intro... I'll do that for next time, okay? That's a promise. So, who have we got on the show? We have the legendary guitarist, Bill Steer, the founder of two incredibly influential bands, Napalm Death and Carcass, yet again proving Motorhead's reach and influence across the years and across genres. Had a chat with Bill, really enjoyed it. Here it is. First of all, thank you very much for for doing this. Really appreciate it. My um, pleasure. God, absolutely. And more importantly, um, I always I always invariably start with the same question, which is how mm. how did you first discover Motorhead? Hmm. If I remember correctly, it would have been one of the early top of the pops appearances. Um, I'm fairly certain it was Bomber, seventy nine. Wow, right. Um, no, no idea what month it was, but obviously I would, I'm guessing I would have been around the age of nine. And, um, you know, I mean, I hadn't started buying records at that age. Um, I was just one of those kids who'd watched Top of the Pops, and I, I liked some of the acts I saw and stuff, but this was something I'd never seen before. Um, I was very aware of the music of, say, Status Quo or Queen. You know, that's our music. It was exciting. But this was just completely a very different thing do you fall into the sort of category of one of these guitarists who all of a sudden heard motorhead and went right okay so there's you know that there's something a lot heavier out it did it kind of push you in a particular direction yeah yeah definitely i think um within the, the i don't know the next year or so uh, i mean the first record i actually you know went into a shop to buy with pocket money was the golden years ep 
So yeah, I guess that's eighty. I think. Um, yeah, um, yeah. There was just something about it. It just looked and sounded so cool. Um, it just sort of um, as a kid, you, you're already aware of like you're vaguely aware of the kind of restrictions of adult life and stuff. But these guys just seem to be so free. Yeah, that's that. That's that's an interesting. Um, that's an interesting take on it. Because I mean, bearing in mind that you're sort of nine or ten years old at, at this age, that's that's a very sort of I don't know, it seems to me to be a very perceptive kind of angle at that age. Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to articulate it like that, but you could. I mean, I remember that feeling. Um, I mean, like as yeah, you know, I mentioned Quo before. I mean, that looked like a lot of fun, you know, like just everything about it was just vibey and cool. But then this was just at a whole other level of you know there was just some kind of different energy happening um and you could sense it even at that age yeah i and, mean um, obviously you know you 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 were you mentioned queen as well so if queen and status quo is sort of what's attracted you to sort of guitar music at that age to then yeah. to then discover motorhead that's that's opening up a whole new world yeah completely and and for a, a time there um not just me but everybody in my friend group, anyone I knew who liked heavy music, um, Motet was just as heavy as it got. You know, there was, it was inconceivable that somebody could be faster or heavier. Um, you know, I mean, that lasted, I mean, for me, that, that lasted up until I heard Welcome to Hell by Venom, really. Um, but even so, I mean, it's, it, that's not a really good comparison to make because, I mean, that, that's a very different style and there is something that, you know, even though Motet isn't really a heavy metal band, there is something undeniably powerful about it that, that no one's really touched since. Yeah. I, and funnily enough, that's become a, a bit of a running theme um, doing, you know, having these chats with people about Motet is, and I think it's, you know, he's like, it's really loud rock and roll, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's, it's a genre to itself. There's Motorhead, and there's no one else in that genre. Yeah, definitely, because, I mean, we've all seen it. I mean, there's lots of people, for example, people who self-describe as punks and they, they hate heavy metal, but they love Motad. Um, yeah, it, 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 you know, definitely transcends a lot of those boundaries. Even even though, you know, the classic era of the band, in, in some ways, stylistically, is kind of a very, you know, it's very specialised, very narrow. That's why it's so powerful. But it has reached a whole load of people that wouldn't touch any other quote-unquote heavy music yeah yeah and the fact that you know that you that you identify there as um you know punks being into uh, being a motorhead because their 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 attitude and certainly lemmy's attitude right throughout right throughout their career it is it couldn't could not be you know could not be named in any better way other than other than punk you know we do what we do and you know if if you like us great and if you don't fuck off yeah, definitely. Or, or even, I mean, for me, from this vantage point now, having, you know, listened to a lot of different music over the years and, you know, kind of gone back historically a fair bit. I mean, I, I think, you know, Lemmy's constant claim or mantra, even that they're just a rock and roll band, I think that's, you know, I mean, that's always rung true, really, because um, it's just that sense of abandon and abandonment or whatever and I was like um, yeah I, I think that's what separates it because yeah it, it's extremely heavy music 
but it's just not heavy metal. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just well, like you know, the the, the loudest the loudest rock and roll band you know that, that ever lived. Um, yeah. Did you did you uh, so? I'm I'm presuming in those early formative years was there a, was there a chance to see them live? Yeah, I mean, I I I, I really I, I regret this, but it's just how it worked out. I never saw the Fast Eddie lineup. Um, so the the one time I saw them in the eighties was with Brian Robertson, Another Perfect Day, which I, I totally love that record. But if I'm honest, in in the live setting, it didn't quite feel like a band. Um, and I, I mean, I was still very young then, but even, even I could kind of sense that. It was just obvious. Um, so I mean, I, I really enjoyed the gig and stuff, but it just wasn't really what you wanted it to be. Um, and I mean, to this day, that's that's just a brilliant record. I listen to it a lot. But yeah, I, a lot, a lot, of, and a lot of Motorhead fans say that is that it, it's it, it is a brilliant record. Um, but it's 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 just it's a complete one off, isn't it? It's just. Yeah, I mean, I don't think many of us were ready for it when it came out, you know, because, uh, yeah, there's, I don't know, there's a lot of finesse going on, I guess, um, compared to previous records. You know, Brian Robertson really did some fancy stuff. Um, there's things you, you never thought you would hear on a Motorhead record up until that point. Yeah. But, you know, t- time's been really kind to that, that album, I think, anyway, you know, like it stands up beautifully. Yeah, and and the thing is as well, I think that you know when 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 stuff is when stuff is as you know keep it simple being you know being another mantra uh, um, mm. of Lemmy's, but also for me of songwriting in general, you know keep keep it simple, keep it straightforward. Um, mm. That also helps the music age because yeah, you, know, you listen to the especially the the recent re-release of um, of Ace of Spades. Where it's been, you know, remastered to absolute perfection, it 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 still stands up. It sounds incredible. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think that's that's the hallmark of a of a truly great artist, isn't it? Really, when you know the record just ages really well. In some in some senses, the, those records haven't aged at all. Because I, I'm sure it's the same for you. I still get the same energy off an overkill or a bomber that I got at the time um, they, they, they don't really don't sound any different to me you know after years of music listening and playing in different bands they just seem completely untainted by all of that yeah I, I but I, I also think part of that is when you make a deep connection with a, with a mm. record that you will you will always you will always have that love that feeling for it and it will always sound like that because it's it's like it's it's a time machine, isn't it? You know, the soundtrack of our lives and all that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And did you um, um did, did you get to see them? Did you get to see them again in later years? Yeah, of course. I mean, I've I've certainly seen them on occasion with uh, you know the the Mickey D, Phil Campbell lineup. Yep. Um, and I I mean. On a slightly unrelated note, I, I met Wurzel once through a friend, like a friend had arranged a jam session, and it was sort of, it was a pretty random bunch of people. It was like my mate Leo from Cathedral, and um, I think there's a fella from the current lineup of UK subs, and a fella from the current lineup of Sham 69, and then Wurzel and myself, and we all got together in a room and made a racket for a few hours. 
and then went for a few pints. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun, but I'm kind of glad no one recorded it. If you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> was it was it was it just an excuse to um, it was an excuse to get you all in a room? But the but the real goal was going to the pub afterwards. I, yeah, I honestly, it's hazy as hell. I don't know how it happened, but I mean, Leo was the guy who hooked it up, or at least hooked me up with the whole thing. I'd never met Wurzel before. And um, the main thing I can remember is he, he brought in one of those um, Mesa, or is it Mesa, whatever you, however you pronounce it, Mesa Boogie um, combos that, that look very small, but they're incredibly loud and piercing. And he propped it up on a chair, and that was by far the loudest thing in the room. <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was crushing the volume of this thing. Yeah, so it was, so it was one of those like, oh, that's, you know, a motorhead guitarist turning up with this little combo that's a bit disappointing and then he and then, and then he plugs it in yeah yeah completely I mean I can't even remember what year this would have been I'm, I'm assuming it would have been god I, the very beginning of the 2000s or I don't know I can't say for sure um, but I think Leo and I were, were you know we'd spent a bit of time together doing some of the early Firebird stuff and that's like late nineties, early two thousands, but um, but it seemed like Wurzel at that, that time. It seemed like he hadn't done a huge amount of playing. You know the the way he sort of went about things. You know, he's like it was sort of a, you know, well, I mean, I was you know rusty as hell. You know, I sort of, I, but I noticed he wasn't like super confident or you know cocky going into this either. Right. Okay. So it was. But it was by the sounds of it, it was. Um, it was more of a let's just get together and have a laugh more than anything else. Yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. And he, he was a he was a charming bloke. You know, we had a few points afterwards, and then um, obviously this this is unimaginable in today's world. But then he got in his car and drove off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was one of those. Um, uh, it, it, did you did you get any um, did you get any famous motorhead stories out of him, or was it all very much? Uh... Not really, because I mean, I think I, I didn't want to be that obvious, if you know what I mean. Um, I think there might have been the odd story along the way, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it was kind of understood between the rest of us that you know things hadn't ended in the nicest way with him and, and the band, so you didn't want to probe too deeply, really. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And um, did you um, did you get did you get to play with them at all in? Uh... Over the course of uh, your career, oh, you mean like at the yeah. same festival yeah. or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we definitely did. Oh, I can't remember the name of the festival, but the way I remember this is we did a festival on on the reunion kind of initial reunion cycle of you know carcass gigs and festivals. Um, there was a Dutch thing, and Motorhead were playing it. So after we'd done our thing, we went went up over to where they were playing. And again, my main memory is just how insanely loud the stage volume was. You know, not being out front by the PA, but just um, being next to the side of the stage behind all of that. Um, that was just, you know, it was just a brain melter. Um, you know, I mean, most rock bands are loud on stage, but that just that just seemed like, you know, I was just going to really hurt somebody. Yeah, well, that, that's another constant as well, is that, you know, I mean, I mean if, having spoken to people who've hung out on, at the side of the stage, um, people have, you know, people have said, wow, you know, that is just, it, it's just in, insanely loud, literally insanely loud. And that's people who, 
you know, like yourself and myself who, you know, play for a living. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's my main... I mean, that was just one of those festivals. I probably, you know, in a bit of a state by the time they played, but the main thing I remember is walking past the side of the stage to go out the front to watch and just that portion of it, you know, those, you know, seconds or a couple of minutes when I was walking through that bit was just, wow. You know, I just don't think I'd encountered anybody who played at that level on the stage. Um, and I've seen plenty of bands who play way too loud on stage, but this was just silly. Yeah, I know. But it was just every night, every night. And um, and, and quite, you know, quite insane. Did you, um, were, were there, was there any, uh, have you, did you ever cross paths with, uh, cross paths with, um, with Lemmy during your, uh, uh, during your career? Because I know it's, it's amazing the amount of people that he, he you know, have, have got, seem to have bumped into him along the way. But I, you know, I never even, ca- I never even came close. Nor me, but uh, Jeff did. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't remember the context. I mean, it could easily have been um, the Rainbow, for example. You know, I'm guessing it was there. But because, um, you know, Jeff was you know, involved with stuff with that band, Brewerea. Yeah. Um, so so he was spending a lot of time in that period. Yeah. I mean, all I know is he met him. And, of course, I had to ask, well, what was the guy like? And he just said, yeah, it just seemed really down to earth, very grounded. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that sounded cool. Yeah. And um, would you say, would you say that, um, you know, that, that initial, um, that initial hearing mode had obviously set you off on a, a heavier direction. Um, mm. Did you, did you kind of stay with, with them throughout their career? Because, because, you know, some people, let's face it, it's been, you know, it's a long career and it's, mm. it's something you can sort of dip in and dip out of. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm low to admit it, but I'm definitely one of those people of of our age group who, you know, the first the early run of albums that that's the motet that I totally love and connect with, and then I'm you know I started to drift away. I mean, really, um, I mean until recently, I don't think I'd even heard Orgasmatron in its entirety. It's just you know, a friend of mine was saying you've got to listen listen to it properly. You know, get past the some of the weirdness of the production. Yeah. Just listen to the album and so I'm glad he did make me do that. But yeah, I mean a lot of the records after that, I mean I heard bits of them, but um that would be the last one that I I've listened to from start to finish, uninterrupted. Um It's funny you should say that because it's 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 my it's my favourite Motorhead album. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I know, I know. I mean, well, I, I, I don't know. I, I was, I was so wrapped up in thrash that I kind of, I, 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 I hadn't really. It kind of, I kind of skipped Motorhead, um, yeah. and it wasn't until I saw them. I think it would. Well, it, I think it would have been either eighty six or eighty seven, Donington, um, and they just wiped the floor with everybody. Mm. You know, they came on and it just went nuts. And just absolutely loved it, and um, and got the album, loved the album, um, and then went and saw them on the tour, um, and that was my that was kind of my my motorhead experience, but um, but you're right the 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 production is odd. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think you know sometimes to get to good music, you have to get 
get past weird production, um, you know, because not every record is amazing sonically, but there's there's good material in there. I, I feel like this is one of those records, but um, sometimes you do wonder, you know, because in my mind, a great producer brings out, you know, what's there in a band. They embellish the things that are already there, but, um, or they help to embellish those things. And then it, at times with this record, it's like, it just feels like there's certain things that are a little bit random and grafted on. But they've, they've not they've not managed to spoil the material, but it's just, you know, it takes some getting used to. Yeah, I mean, it's... Um... It, I mean, it's there's such a there's such a kind of um, important band to 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 heavy metal um, as important as say a band like Queen without without being heavy metal. Yeah, completely. Because I mean, that that's the thing. I mean, nothing. I'm always saying this, really, but I don't think any style of music really exists in isolation. So yeah, it's po- perfectly possible to be hugely influential in a genre without actually being fully a part of that genre and yeah Motet's totally one of those bands as you said Queen I mean some of some of the music on the 70s records is very heavy um, yeah. but no one would call it no one would call it heavy metal and um, the Sweets I mean if you look at their 70s album material and B-sides um, it's it's just extremely heavy music like there's a lot of swagger to it real edge to it but people just associate the band with the bubblegum stuff but I can hear some of their music in what became the new wave of British heavy metal, for example. Yeah, yeah, and 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 hugely influential, hugely influential to artists of their day as well. Um, yeah. And something that's something that's never really been well, never been copied. No one, no one's ever tried. Thank goodness. Um, mm-hmm. But a band that also, I think, like. Slayer have, have have been described, which I think is very very accurate, as um, Slayer being very American. Only you know Slayer could only be American, and I just yeah. think, that, and, and the same goes for Motorhead. You know, Motorhead yeah. are a British no nonsense, very loud rock and roll band, and yeah. they, they couldn't come from anywhere else really. No, no, completely. Yeah, it's it's unique. Yeah, and as many people have said, you know. Uh, countless times it's sort of in in that very narrow category of, of groups where to cover them is is really dangerous i mean acdc is the other obvious one i can think of where if, i mean if you try and tackle one of those songs for your band it's just poof, risky stuff <laughs> yeah well funnily enough i was i had a chat with um uh harley flanagan for uh, oh, wow. <laughs> for, for, for the podcast and um uh, he he said exactly the same thing. He's like, yeah. you know, always wanted to do a motorhead, motorhead cover, but too scared to try. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like it's one of those things, though, isn't it? It's like I always think with a cover version, you've got two, you've got two options. You either go for the absolute total homage and try and yeah. and, and try and just do it the way they did it, or mm. you've got to go the other end of the scale and mm. make it yours. Yep. And the and and if you and the thing is the margin for falling in between those two is huge. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, as I get older, I, I feel like that the latter approach that you mentioned is probably the best way to go because um, what's the point in trying to do a carbon copy 
yeah. the original. If the original is that great, um, and you know, it probably is. If you're bothering to cover it, then you really need to take it somewhere. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, people will still get annoyed and, and criticise or whatever. But the point is, you haven't attempted to out motorhead, motorhead, or you know, do a, a new Bond Scott or whatever it might be. You know, it's just stuff that that can't be done really. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's just it's the law of diminishing returns. It's the it's the law of no returns. Uh, you know, if, if like you say, if it, if it is that great, you have you you, you just got to leave it alone. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, otherwise it's. I mean, back in the back in the eighties, I remember Onslaught doing a a cover a cover of um, uh, Let There Be Rock Let There Be Rock by ACDC. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I remember at the time thinking, "Wow, that's ballsy." <laughs> Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. because um, yeah, and th- and like you say, th- also you 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 just run that you run that risk of comparison. You run that risk of, you know, being played back to back, and and you, that's never going to come out well when you're up against a band like Motorhead. No, no, exactly. Yeah, it's just. I mean, that's a huge achievement in itself, isn't it? When when you're kind of your your thing stylistically is so untouchable. Yeah, I mean another band. Uh, you know, well, from a, you know a tiny bit later, but um, but kind of related on the family tree that I really like is Tank, and um, you know I, I love those records completely. Um, when they covered Crazy Horses by the Osmonds, that seems a little bit strange because I mean if you go back to the original, it's very very heavy. The Tank version isn't really much heavier. <laughs> <laughs> the whole I thought the whole idea was like let's go nuts on this thing, but I mean, the original is is already like a, a serious hard rock track. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. It, it it there's there's nothing worse than hearing a, there's nothing worse than hearing a bad cover version, and that's um, and that's basically anyone covering Motorhead. Um, but but also the, the 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 amazing thing is that for me is the way they always stayed relevant, but also kind of. Also, kind of dabbled a little bit with the mainstream, you know. Killed by Death was on soundtracks, and um, mm. and you know Lemmy was doing adverts for the you know the Milk Marketing Board at one point. I don't know if you remember that. Well, yeah, I mean it was strange because I'm, get, I'm guessing it was probably that advertising campaign. But many years ago, um, my brother was driving a pair of us through Old Streets on a, on a Sunday morning. And I think we'd gone past that pub. I don't know if you know it, the old Blue Last. It's a quite an old pub, but it's sort of developed more of a kind of a hipster yeah. clientele over the years. But yeah, this was really quite early. I can't remember what we were doing, but um, that whole area was just dead. You know, it's Sunday morning. And then there was just this lone figure on the streets. And, and uh, I mean, it was Lemmy, you know, like gleaming white boots. Everything else was just headstone black. And he just stood there smoking. And I was like, what the hell's going on? What the hell's he doing here? And then, you know, later that advert appeared and I realised, oh, that's probably what it was, you know. <laughs> that's that's insane. He's driving through London in, in like early morning and, oh, look, there's Lemmy. Yeah, it was just bonkers, you know, because obviously, officially, he didn't live in the UK at this point. So none of it made sense at the time. But, um, but I guess, you know, that Old Street area, especially then, was kind of the hub of... of edgy advertising and so on yeah yeah and that would be, and that would be absolutely perfect for um for uh for lemmy and um yeah. but also like you know they they 
you know, they progressed to a five piece, then went back to a three piece. Um, uh, you know, the, the the Motorhead logo is is kind of is almost like a fashion label now. Um, oh yeah. You know the the impact the impact and the and the influence not just on on a genre they weren't part of, but you know British culture. They are a they are kind of like a you know um, uh, a, a, a brand from back in those days that's that's kind of going to live forever, really. Yeah, no, it truly will. Um, yeah, it's just a fantastic achievement. It's a, it's the envy of most of us who are in bands, really. You know, to have that strong an identity. Um, that's what everybody's after. Um, and it doesn't appear to be contrived, you know. Yes. Um, I mean, sure, later on, you know, it was exploited a bit more commercially. Um, but just looking at, you know, the early days, well, just that, that whole initial swathe of albums, um, that's a band that's just engaged in the business of, of making great rock music. And, um, yeah, I mean, just imagine having such a great logo and, and you know, the, the kind of the musical and lyrical identity to back it up. It's just everything about it is perfect, really. Yeah, yeah. And whoever came up with the idea of the bomber lighting rig, I mean, that's just, you know, that's iconic as well. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 they still had that when they did the, the, the Perfect Day tour. Um, so that was, you know, a nice little connection to the past. Um, and as I a, think, I to, sorry, I was going to say, as a kid, that must have been, that must have been like being in a sweet shop seeing that thing. Yeah, it, it was definitely impressive because I think the way I remember it was it sort of got to the end of the gig and maybe... You know, Brian Robertson and Phil Taylor sort of trooped off, but Lemmy sort of stayed and kind of climbed onto the rig. Um, I, I, I can't recall how far he went up in it, but like, you know, it was enough where you go, oh, that looks a bit scary, you know. And then I guess from what I recall, it was just bass feedback after that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look. Well, look, Bill, that's, um, I, look, I really appreciate your time, mate. That's um, That's been awesome. Thanks for... Um, Thanks for sharing your memories and um Oh no, of course. It's, Absolutely. It's really appreciated. Um and uh, yeah, look, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, yeah, likewise, man. Well, let's catch up soon, eh? Definitely. And I hope you all enjoyed listening to that as much as I did doing it. That's a it's a bit of a catchphrase now, isn't it? I have to say that. I don't have to say it, but I find myself saying it because that is always the case. It was great to chat to Bill um, and, and his particular journey and how he found Motorhead and, you know, everybody's different. We're all different. How, you know, how we discovered the band, our favourite albums, you know, some people tuned in, some people tuned out, some people who were there for the whole length of their careers. And it's it's always interesting to hear from, from people, whether it's, you know, people in bands, whether it's, you know, crew, whether it's journalists, as to what their motorhead journey is. Everyone's got a story to tell. And that reminds me, we do do fan episodes. So if you have got a motorhead story that you would like to share on the motorcast, you can get hold of me at Talking Bollocks with a Z on the end on Instagram, on Twitter. Those are probably the two best ways to um, to contact me. Get in touch, and who knows, you may end up appearing on the next fan special that we do. So that's the end of this particular episode. There'll be another one with you in two weeks, so make sure you subscribe and make sure you tell everyone all about 
the official Motorhead podcast, The Motorcast. I don't say agreed. The only gun I need is the Ace of Spades. The Ace of Spades.